Well, welcome to the Journey Together podcast with Josh and Anna Gresham. Hey, I hope you're having a great day. We're having a fantastic day. We are just loving life right now. That's right. Our kids are at school, and this is our day date. Fridays are our day date. We were so excited. When we could do a day date with our children with free daycare. I mean, it's kind of free. I mean, you know, taxes and all, but it's free. It was wonderful. So we like to have a lot of fun on Fridays. Uh, we'll go to breakfast, get coffee, yep. if there's a good movie that we can catch. We did not go to breakfast this morning. We're trying to be frugal and stay healthy. Correct. So. What did you eat? Scrambled eggs. I had Greek yogurt. And I put chia seeds in it. And you were like, what are those? Yeah, what are the black dots? I thought the <laughs> yogurt was bad or something. I don't know. Anyway. Well, hey, you know, we've got a great topic today to talk about. We want to talk about resentment. Okay. In my notes, the title of this that I have says, thinking about resentment? Question mark. <laughs> so I've got to... Does a, anyone ever think about it? Th that's the question I have because I feel like that resentment... Uh, becomes a part of our lives because we're constantly thinking about the hurt and the pain okay, yeah. of what we're walking through. So when I ask you that question, oh, are you thinking about resentment? I think that's a oh, good... Oh, I understand how you... Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> yeah. when you asked the question, I was like, are you thinking about eating ice cream right now? Like, it was something as if you were preparing for resentment. No, are you thinking about All right, resentment? I understand now. But but I'm okay if it's <laughs> I had that a way. I had a moment. <laughs> Even if it is that way, are you thinking about it because it's constantly in the forefront of your thoughts of, I cannot believe they did this to me. I cannot believe that yeah. this happened in my life. Why is this person so mean? Or right, sure, you know, I get like it. whatever it is, it's it's consumed your thoughts. So you, are you thinking about uh, what, what's, you know, the hurt and the pain and, and the hardship. And, and these are real thoughts, real things that we need to deal with. Sure. But if we don't deal with resentment, right, then, uh, you know, it's going to really take us down to that place of bitterness. Um, it's a, it's a slippery slope of, yeah, I don't of okay, hurt. So let's go back to the way you, you've said it to the way I heard it. Because obviously you said it correctly. I heard it wrong. However, I it does kind of speak volumes to are you thinking about having resentment? Because are you in a healthy state before that particular thing took place? Are you in a good position so that you're you're not thinking about resentment? Okay, I love the scripture. It says, A strong spirit sustains a man in times of bodily trouble mm -hmm. or in times of harm. Spiritually speaking, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, are you armoring up every single day, putting on that helmet of salvation, right. putting on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, uh, shodding your feet with the gospel shoes of peace, putting up your shield of faith? You've got the sword of the spirit. You know, what does this look like in your life where you say, All right, I recognize that resentment is an attack, a fiery dart of Satan. And I need to stay spiritually strong against uh, the hurt of this world. Because we're going to go through some hard things in life. Right. Yeah, I love what uh, Romans chapter 7, 1, it reminds me of that struggle with sin. Um, uh, Paul really, you know, describes it in a way of, 
Um, so the trouble is not with the law, for it is the spiritual and uh, good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human. And all too human. We really struggle with that flesh. We're all too human. And are people the enemy? Let's no. just answer that question right we now. Are, we do not rage <laughs> war against flesh and blood. But resentment yeah. makes that person the enemy. That's the oh, hard yeah. part. And then before you know it, your love walk, you're off. You are off the path of the love walk. And that is, so, okay, a couple of years ago, right in the, the mix of walking through COVID and all that it entailed, I was talking to the Lord about my life in a time of prayer, and I just felt this in my heart and pressed in my heart from the Holy Spirit of like, hey, I want to go higher, and it's time to go higher. And the moment I said that out loud, the Lord said, then you're going to need to love higher. And I had some hurt in my life that I was battling resentment towards people that I felt like just did, did, me, did me wrong, did, you know, that it, that it hurt. Sure. And they didn't even know. Right. Rick Warren said this. He said, resentment always hurts you more than the person you resent. Often that person doesn't even recognize that they hurt you, especially if you don't address the hurt. And here you are living in a pit of resentment and discouragement, whatever that looks like. And, uh, and that was me. Yeah. And I thought, oh my goodness, you know, God's love is the way to victory. You will never miss it if you love someone in the love of Jesus. Right. So let's pause right okay. here. Let's go back to the beginning here. What, give, us, give us some examples of where resentment can creep in. Like what are some maybe that some somebody who's listening right now they could identify this is this is what I'm going through. That's the struggle. That's why I have resentment. Okay. So uh I I think for me personally, if if I feel neglected by someone or um that there is some type of a disconnect in our relationship, I value relationships so much. Mm-hmm. That if if there's a disconnect or a neglect, then I'll start to stew on it. Of why why does that person not want to be with me? Yeah. What if I I like it'll start in my mind as oh I guess they don't like me, you know? Like I take it personal. Yeah, I get real personal about whatever it is, and they could they might not even realize it, or you know it, it can start from a place of offense whatever that looks like, that you, it's an undealt, an un, um, dealt with offense, you know, like you've, sure you've not worked with it with the Lord and talked to God about it and really walked through that process of forgiveness. And then before you know it, you resent their behavior towards you. So then that, that's something that I've dealt with where I'm like, oh my gosh, like I just, then I don't even want to be around them. Then I'm like, I don't even like them because they don't like me. <laughs> Like you just get you pay evil with evil. Yes, you get ugly with it, and uh, and that's a terrible place to be. Um, and that sounds like something so simple, but I feel like resentment can begin that way. Something so simple. Uh, finances. Let's say that you've had someone do you dirty and not pay you back, or that there's been a financial strain with a family member, something of the sort. We've not dealt with that per se, with us individually. But, okay, let's say that you've got someone in your family that has, uh, we can look at the prodigal son Mm -hmm. as a great example, Right. that you have a family member that 
you know, reaped the great reward or that wasted something, has done something with your family financially, and then here you are, you've done everything you could just to be good, come alongside, and you resent the fact that they've gotten all of this. Siblings, sibling rival, rivalry is real. You read a lot about that through the Word of God of different oh, siblings. Yeah. An action, something that's taken place at a, a family event. <clears throat> Excuse me. Family event, a family something. There's some somebody's uh, the, the thought that you're not the favorite and they yeah. are. So you begin to resent them. Yeah, that's, hu- that's huge. Yeah. Family resentment, that happens so quickly. Um, based upon you feel like it's an unfair situation. Right. I think that that's, you know, that's a challenge. Um, what about you? you have an example? Well, I want to stick with that for a second because resentment um, with the family, the idea of favoritism, typically what happens is um, parents or whoever, aunts and uncles that <laughs> tend to show favoritism towards another individual, sometimes based upon good works, based upon, wow, they're successful and Therefore, I like them better because they've got their act together, you know, whatever it is. Or because they don't have their act together. Oh, and they, they want to help that person out <laughs> True. more so. It, it goes both it ways. It can go both ways, yeah. So, unfortunately, what tends to take place is then you play this head game and uh, you begin to create scenarios of why they like them more based upon acts or based upon circumstances, situations, and the deserving side of it all. And unfortunately, you that's where the enemy loves to play in the mind mind game. Yeah. And you will fall victim to these things. And then comes resentment. And you don't realize that the love of Christ that we learn from the Word of God is a love that is not based upon works. That's right. It's yeah. not based upon, um, let me say it again, works. <laughs> it's the period. It's not based upon works. It's simply, I love you. Right. And obviously we know in his word that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And that's wonderful to know. Um, that's Romans chapter 8, 1. So there is no uh, condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. So we need to follow in the footsteps of Christ, knowing that we can't condemn others based upon our resentment. We've got to let that go. Right. When we allow resentment to settle in, we begin to push Christ-like compassion to the side. We no longer are compassionate in the love of Jesus for that person. Maybe you didn't get the raise. Maybe you didn't get the promotion. Uh, possibly you're serving in church and, and you felt like that you should be in that leadership position than someone else. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that happens That's, a lot. Yeah. I mean, this is... Resentment has infiltrated <laughs> yeah. the body of Christ. Like we're not talking about just anybody here. We're talking about believers that now resent other believers, and rather than being a minister of reconciliation, well, just a celebratory of who they are. Of like, I'm so thankful for you and what you have. You and what resent- God's doing oh. in your life. Yeah, you resent what God's done in their life based upon what you feel you didn't receive. All too often, we have encountered people who've lost positions, lost the promoted, you know, leadership role or whatever due to resentment. Right. Yeah. So resentment is the villain to restoration. Let it soak. 
Let the, it is the villain to restoration. God is the master restorer. He wants to restore relationships. But on the flip side of that as well, resentment in itself is what destroys first. Because you're say that again. Resentment is the villain. So what does a villain do? To they restoration. Cut, yeah. So think about a villain. What's the scariest villain you know? Do you I mean Gargamel. Gargamel. I don't From know. the Smurfs? Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> obviously, obviously I could have said the devil. Oh my gosh. Right. But okay, we'll go with Gargamel. Constantly coming in to destroy Smurf Village. Then there's those we... (laughs) But what does it do? It goes back to what you're saying. The whole goal of a villain is to destroy for you to not live in that place of continual restoration and moving forward with what God has for your life. Yeah. And I feel like resentment keeps you in that pit of discouragement. Um, And God is the master restore. He wants to restore relationships. He wants to restore... You know, your purpose of, of of you truly feeling like that, God, you're using me. I'm yeah. moving forward. I'm operating in forgiveness. I'm going higher and growing in the love of Jesus. I felt stuck, and God wanted to um, get me out of that place, uh, that pit, to say, hey, okay, I'm my love is deeper than that pit of resentment. So I'm going to lift you up out of there, but that means you're going to have to love higher and choose to walk in forgiveness with the people that you're resenting. Have a conversation of forgiveness. Have a conversation of reconciliation. Choose to believe the best and begin to truly, I mean, ask, you've got to ask God for help with this, you guys. I mean, it's... Oh, that's key. That's always the baseline. Like. But I want to, with your statement, it's a parallel because you're, there's definitely a, a resentment is keeping you because you've had an offense... You've been in an argument. You have a circumstance or a situation that we brought up earlier that has caused you to be stuck. And with resentment and holding on to that, it is the villain to your restoration to overcome and different things. I will also say you are moving forward. You're doing so so great, and God's just working with you. Offense takes place, and then at that moment, you have the choice to go God's path with going higher, choosing to reconcile, choosing to say, I've, I've got to nip this right now. Let's go talk. Let, let me go to that person. I'm going to call him. I'm going to say, hey, let's meet right now. It doesn't matter. It's like, I got to talk this out. If you don't do that, what happens is, is then resentment sets in. And so then resentment is actually corrosion. So resentment as I said earlier with the instance with someone who's wanting something in the church, like I want to be in this role and some, someone gets promoted over that um, due to a hundred different factors. I mean, yeah. it's not like, uh, again, God does the promoting. God will place it on, on that leader's heart to promote that individual. And when it takes place, you should be in celebratory, uh, you know, to Mode, sit there, yeah. Right? yeah. But yeah. then what takes place is, is you begin to sit there and go, well, why didn't I get this? And why didn't I get that? And it puts a huge constraint now on you because what if within a week, a month, a few months, you're, you're going to see that new position for you or whatever it is, and it could open up and you're ready. But instead, because of your actions with what just took place, it disqualified you. 
because you allowed sin, sin to creep in, resentment, uh, resentment. Do you like that? <laughs> you um, and it, it really, it took away what you were been praying for. Yeah. Restoration, the definition of restoration means to bring back or to put something to its former or original state. So you talked about res- uh, resentment coming in and br- it's that corrosion. It's, it's um, causing you to just really break down to a place where you don't feel like you can be used. You often can, uh, in the middle of resentment, you'll start to pick yourself apart. Uh, it, you begin to devalue. Goodness, Satan wants to devalue who we are in Christ Jesus He's the accuser of the brethren where he's slinging accusations day and night, right. full of lies, full of lies. And this is where God is trying to get us to wake up and say, hey, let me tell you something. I want to actually bring you back. I want to take you higher. I want you to come back to what I've called you and created you to do, what I have for your life, and truly do a restoration process in in you and through you. I like Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 17. It says, For I will restore health to you and heal you of your wounds, says the Lord, because they called you an outcast, saying, This is Zion. No one seeks her. God wants to restore health to you, and he wants to heal your wounds. Yeah. Even in that middle of, you say, this is real, though. Like, they really hurt me. They Well, yeah, we don't deny that. Yeah, we're not belittling the no, moment. No, goodness gracious. People... Uh, I've had some of the the harshest, most unkind things said to me, and I think, okay, God, this really hurt. Get real honest with God about it. He's not afraid of your honesty about what you're dealing with, with the hurt, with the pain, with the resentment. He wants you to take all of that to him, and then you have that great exchange Mm -hmm. where he gives you a garment of praise, where then it turns into thanksgiving. Well, then you begin to operate in compassion, and you can pray for that person. You can pray for them rather than resent them. Mm-hmm. And what that does is it sets you free. Yeah. I want to walk in freedom. Right. So let's let's give them two natural steps to take and two supernatural steps to take. So obviously both given to us in the Word of God. If you are dealing with an offense that could create resentment over time, because I believe that, you know, it's... The, let me put it in a car perspective. Resentment is the after effect of offense. And what, ha- what happens is at a car, let's say you get scratched, the car gets scratched, and you're like, oh, you don't see any rust. You don't see anything there. It happened. Now you have a choice to fix it. You have a choice to take care of it. If you don't, rust will set in, corrosion, and it will take away and eat away the car itself. Right. So in the natural, the Word of God tells us that when we are in offense with our brother and sister, we need to go to them immediately. We should not wait. We should talk to them. We should open up our feelings. Now, that's easier said than done because, oh my gosh, you've been in your headspace and you have let the enemy play in that playground. Thinking about resentment? Oh, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Now I get it. Now you get it. But <laughs> the problem is you have so many caught-up emotions. So the best thing is to is to write down. Stop and write down yeah. 
the top three things that are involved in it and to get clarity from it. So instead of going into an accusing, because that's what the, the we know right. that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. We see this in Revelation. So knowing that that's not the position we should take, we should go to them in love and to speak a graceful, uh, mercy-filled conversation where it is, I don't want to accuse you of these things. I want to ask you, is this how you feel? Right. Is this what took place? I want to see it from your view. Take the higher road. You lead this. You set the pace by doing this. I want to meet with you. I want to know what's going on. Here's three things I'd like to discuss and talk about. And you don't need to get so emotion-filled with the conversation. Let's just set out the facts. Here's the three things, and then get clarity. And then you go, okay, that's the best natural thing to do. So, so that's a great practical step yeah, and practical. a spiritual step. So practical, you're going to sort through your thoughts to get to the heart of the issue. Where it took place. Uh, this really helped me this past week. I read a blog from Kerry Newhoff, and he said, I want you to focus on what you know is true, not on what you feel is true. So this is where you begin to focus on the truth, the absolute truth of what's happened, the truth of God's word in the situation, not on what you feel is true. Not, well, this might have happened. Then you start to create scenarios where you are adding to the situation that you don't even know if they're true. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, my mind is like imagination station. So if I am dealing with a hurt, then I've already turned it into something far greater than what really is taking place. And um, this is where you focus on what you know is true. I like what you said. Sit down, sort through your thoughts, take it to the Lord, recognize, all right, God, I need some help here. Help me to calm down. You're going to write it out. And then a part of that practical application and and is spiritual in itself because it's biblical, is you then go to that person. Um, and here's the thing about going to someone. Let's say that they, you've got a couple scenarios that could happen with this. They go, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I had no idea. Well, sure. You know? mm-hmm. or, or I'm actually dealing with something myself. And this is really, this is hard. It's where I'm at, you know. Um, you have that conversation and it could look like that. Or it could go the opposite direction. And it's not what you thought would happen. Do you still have to forgive? Yeah. Yeah. You do. You get to forgive. It's a command. There's no other option. And forgiveness is not based upon them receiving. Uh, It's based upon you receiving. You can't receive for anyone else but yourself. So whenever you begin to operate from that position of you freely received forgiveness from Christ Jesus, that means you need to freely extend what you have received from the Lord. That's our responsibility. And I can work through that, me and Jesus, um, all day long. And I'm so thankful for it. Yeah. That the person that's done me wrong doesn't have to be a part of that, you know? Right. Um, that's, that's a part of that conversation of knowing I might go into this and it might not be the answer that I was looking for. And in the middle of that, Lord, thank you that I've released this resentment to you. And in turn, I receive God, your mercy, your grace. I'm operating in that place of forgiveness. I love Hebrews 4:16. It says, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Yeah. 
We are able to go boldly to the throne room because of Jesus. And we're able to receive that mercy and grace because of Jesus. Right. Right when you need it the most. To forgive someone and to not live in that um, that prison of resentment. Right. So that so so I said we're gonna give them two natural, two yeah. supernatural here. So you would consider that that it's kind of like an overlapping of both. It's overlapping for me. It is overlapping. It is. Um, so then let me let me say this. You you will say I'll never forget being on that soccer field years ago, uh, and, and I was on the sideline actually, and my child was on the soccer field, and another kid on his team did just a horrible job, and another kid on the team yelled out, "Do better!" <laughs> so then you're like. How do you do better? Like, how is that even possible? Like, kick it into gear. It's like, oh, I'll do better. And then it's like, oh, okay. So some of you may be listening right now, and you say, easier said than done, Josh and Anna. Don't just tell me to get <laughs> over resentment. Don't, you know, it's too late. Half my car is falling apart with rust, and now it's over. You know, just junk it. And you don't know what they did to me. You brought, oh, yeah. So you don't understand that we know what the Word of God says. You should know what the Word of God says. And it know, we know that Christ is the master restorer. He is the ultimate restorer. He can take care of things when it's almost at its brink of no return. He can come back That's right. and restore it. So don't have fear operate on faith and turn it around. So you'll say again, you're, Josh, you just said do better, do harder. Okay, well, Romans 8, which I love to sit in, um, I love verse 12. It says, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. So the Word of God tells us we have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. So we, And if you live by it, it dictates, you'll die. And so you, and I love what it continues to say in verse 13, for if you live by it, it dictates what uh, you'll die. But, it, but if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, immediately we are to begin to pray in the Spirit. It's important yeah. that we understand the power of the Holy Spirit living and dwelling inside of us. There is no room for the sinful nature. So when you begin to act upon the Spirit, the, the Holy Spirit living inside of you, to begin to pray in the Spirit, to begin to operate in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will take that 95% of your problems, which is your head game, That's right. out, and He will restore your mind. He will restore your perspective of the circumstance. God's plan for resentment is peace, supernatural peace that guards your mind and your heart through Christ Jesus. So when you begin to pray in the Spirit, then you'll be led by the Spirit of God, and you'll begin to operate and walk by the Spirit of God. And uh, we, we have to remind ourselves that this is what it looks like to be a disciple of Christ. It's a daily reminder. This is every day, telling myself, oh, I, oh hey, do this. I just yesterday, no, no, oh my gosh, it was today. It was this morning. I woke up early. No, it was yesterday. What is today? Friday? <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah. All right. I need more coffee. Yesterday, went in, I woke up early, went in the restroom, and uh, cares of this world were already just trying to just infiltrate my thoughts. And I reminded myself, hey, why don't you pray in the spirit right now while you're just in the bathroom? You know? I started praying in the spirit. And you know what happened? It put my, it put my mind on the things of the spirit. Right. 
that's just a daily reminder that you've got to get in and say, that's right, my spirit man is the real me. And I've got to get in and be led by the spirit of God. I'm really glad you brought that up because it is a daily reminder to build up your spirit man, to then recognize that you are led by the spirit of God, not led by your flesh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So stop with the notion of it's too far gone. I've got, I'm just bitter. You've had every single sin has set in. You've got to stop. You've got to renew your mind. You've got to focus on the things of God. Resentment is not worth it. It corrodes not only those around you, but yourself and mostly yourself. You are sitting in a battlefield against your own self. Yeah. And you got to set yourself free from those things. You've got to seek out the one who can, and that's Jesus Christ. So another practical step that goes along with this okay. is um, it's examining your own heart. I think we can be blind to resentment. Uh, we've just, we live in it. it. We live in that place of, oh, you know what? They did me wrong. That's it. I just cut them off forever. You know, that's a huge part of resentment where you just cut people out of your life because of what they've done. So this is where you examine, uh, you examine your own heart. So ask yourself these questions. Do I have a hard time forgiving people? You need to ask yourself that today. Ask that's yourself, a, boy, that's a big one to ask. Yeah. Do I have a hard time? Is it, a, is it hard for me? Okay. Next question. Do I have a hard time believing the best in people? I asked myself that when God told me to love higher, and I thought, oh, yes, I do. We need to read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, what it looks like to truly love others in the love of Christ, that God has called us to believe the best. This is You could resent your spouse right now because you don't believe the best in your spouse. You just always think the worst. Well, yeah, and then obviously you could create these scenarios of not even possible. Like it's not even possible. Oh, like expectations yeah. for that person that they will never reach. And when they don't happen, yeah. th- and then you get in, you set into resentment. Yeah. Because you're like, I'm going to stand here and see if they give me a hug. Or I'm going to stand here and see if they kiss me. Oh, they just walked right by me. They don't care. That's it. So then it's like, They oh. hate me. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's really where you go. Yeah. And then resentment sets in in your marriage And then before you know it, there's a divide. Right. Okay, next question. Do you have a hard time letting go of past hurts? Let's break that down. Do you constantly bring up past hurts back into the conversation? Where Because true forgiveness is recognizing that I'm letting go of those things which are behind. Not that you forget them, but they no longer hold, have a hold on your heart. So you don't need to use it as a weapon. You don't use that hurt as a weapon in a conversation. Do you have a hard time of letting go? That happens often in marriage where you bring up past hurts, past failures. We've made a decision and we we have to work on it. So if we've gone through something challenging in our marriage that we've worked out, we've forgiven, we've walked through, it is not allowed to come back in as a weapon if we're dealing with something else. Right. Yeah. Because it brings forth more resentment. Correct. All right. Last question. Are 
your thoughts consumed with what others think about you? You say, how does that apply? If you are constantly thinking about what you think others are thinking, then that goes back to your expectation level. They are going to fail your expectations or you are creating scenarios that you think other people are doing to you or thinking about you that, are, that aren't true. It's just not true. And then that's where we live in that place of resentment because you're filling in the gap with your own insecurities and undealt or you know, unresolved um, forgiveness, unforgiveness, unresolved unforgiveness. Is that how I say that? Yeah. yeah. I think so. Yeah. So that I, I would say a, a practical application is to really walk through and examine your heart. If one of these areas have pricked you, then you go, all right, Lord, write it out. God, I need your help with this. You get into the word of God and you really find out a great uh, set of scripture to go with this is Ephesians 4, starting in 29 through 32. And uh, it actually tells us that we need to let, in verse 31, let all bitterness and indignation and wrath, passion, rage, bad temper, and resentment or anger, animosity, and quarreling, brawling, clamor, contention. This is the Amplified. And, and, and slander or evil speaking, abusive or blasphemous language, be banished from you with all malice, spite, ill will, or baseness of any kind, and become useful and helpful, verse 32 of Ephesians 4, and kind to one another, tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, loving-hearted, forgiving one another readily and freely, as God in Christ forgave you. This goes back to not allowing resentment to take a hold of you, but to choose to operate in what you freely receive from the Lord, to freely give others, knowing that God is doing a work in your life. Yeah. So I want to I'm going to wrap it up with another another scenario that may help because I was sitting here pondering some things in my own life. Some of you may think that I that we're encouraging you that the only way to, to free yourself from resentment is to maybe approach the brother or sister or have that conversation with them and um, and, and, and heed to the words I just said when I said brother and sister. If they are Christians, then, you know, you're hopeful that they will have a Christian response or that they have at least the moral compass of truth and understanding. If they are not brothers and sisters in Christ and they're just, you know, whatever. Living in the world, right? Then be aware that you could get all sorts of different answers. And either well, they could go both ways on either side of that, but but more so on the other one. So don't be so, uh, man, they're just going to receive all of this. They may not receive it when you go talk to them and say, I've got resentments in my heart. I'm holding on to this, and I need some perspective of clarity and all of those things. And so, But that's just one way to go at it as far as going and confronting the situation. The other thought that I have is, um, what I've, I dealt with years ago, I was in a fight when I was a younger child, and I was so hurt. By, I was hurt by the embarrassment of it, and then I became resentful towards that individual, 
And then my mom had gotten involved in the fight. She goes across the street. I'm about to, I'm about to fight on the sidewalk. My mom's across the other street. She pulls up in her car. It was after school. And she crosses the street and she she grabs the kid by the arm and said, No one's gonna fight my son today. Oh my gosh, it was so embarrassing. And what made it even worse and what caused resentment in my heart towards my mother was the next day she made me go to school. I mean, I was sick, sick and teary-eyed. And I'm mom, I don't want to go to school. It'd be so embarrassing. Don't make me go to school. And she she forced me to go to school. She said, you're going to go and you're going to stand up and you're going to show them this doesn't bother you. And I was like, but it does bother me. <laughs> and so it was awful, awful, awful. So um, my mother, I held on to that resentment towards her all the way to my senior year where I was able to voice a out loud at a chapel. I ended up going to Christian school the next year. And so she was sitting there during senior chapel and at the Christian school I went to, they gave us a microphone. And to kind of just say a few things about, you know, our senior year and our time there at the school or whatever. So I said, um, I told everyone the story about how I got to Christian school because of this fight and different things. And my mom was in the back. And I remember in that very moment, I was able to tell my mom that I was sorry, that <clears throat> I, you know, I held this resentment towards her, yet because of where I was at and what I had experienced in the Christian school, it was far greater than going to the public school I had gone to. And so I was, I, I apologized to my mom holding that. And so that was a, that was a good example of conversation of one-on-one. -on -one. And I got to hug my mom afterwards and we, it was, it was precious and still precious to me to this day. All right. The individual I got in a fight with, I had still held on resentment and if I saw that individual out in public, I was always like animosity. I was anxious. It was it was just upsetting because man, you you robbed something from me. You took a life, and I had regret and uh, you know different things. And I I just think man, you know, such I just had so much resentment towards that individual. I had heard years later when I was in college that he was in a motorcycle accident that was. Uh, life-threatening. Um, I believe he broke his back or his neck. Um, it was like life, life-threatening. And I remember hearing about it, and that sinful nature had came over me to wish the worst upon him. It was, it was fleeting, very quick. It, it didn't sit long. I just remember it. And then I quickly shook that out of my head like that is not the way. I am not bound to this sinful nature. I'm not bound to act like that. And I remember to pray. And I prayed for him for healing. I prayed for a full restoration in his body. Um, and he did. He overcame all of those obstacles and he's still living to this day. Um, but in that very moment, um, I, I prayed and I was released from that resentment. Praying for that person. Yeah. So there's two instances in there with the same story, and I would encourage you to approach the same way of if you can do it to their face, do it. If you can do it supernaturally with praying and just praying for that person, praying for the best for them, then you'll overcome it. Like just in a yeah, by the power snap, of God, by the That's power right. of God, by the power so of God, that you're free. And you know, it was wild as I've I've never seen him since. Well, 
I never encountered him again. I never had to have that that animosity or that whatever. But I guarantee if I saw him to this day, I mean, it's been years from now, so I would obviously be over it. That was in the middle school. But but I, so, so you, setting yourself free from those things, it's the best healing medicine you can get. That's right. And it's through Christ Jesus. Yeah. So we just, you know, in the name of Jesus, we pray really today that you guys are going to, if you're in that place, you found yourself in that pit of resentment, that you will just release that to the Lord. Yeah. Hear his voice, be led by the Spirit of God, and um, for God to restore. He's the master restorer. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Like, subscribe, all those good things. Yes. Share this with your friends, anybody that's happening. Don't necessarily share it with your enemy right now. <laughs> hey, I need you to listen to this. <laughs> no, no. I hope this, this is, ministers to your heart. Right. This is medicine <laughs> for you. So make that happen. We love you guys. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.